Hey, yo, how's it going, guys? Uh, this is part two of unsolved or mysterious disappearances. And so I'm here with my main host, Luke. Hi. Hello. And this is my co host, co Jared. Frequent co host, Jared. Um, <laughs> one of two. Yep. Kelsey's better. But anyways. How dare you? Yeah. I'm how a... dare you? Um, <laughs> see, if I put video Yeah, yeah I see show. how it is. <laughs> Um, just walks out. Yeah, um, So this episode is I'm mainly handing over to Jared, yep. and he's doing it on the disappearance of Tara Calco. And so what's interesting about this is she reappeared in a Polaroid that was found, and in the Polaroid she was actually like tied up and stuff. And so they don't know exactly what happened to her. So we'll get into it. On September 20th, 1988, Tara Calco left her home in Valencia County, New Mexico for her daily bike ride. The 19-year-old was never seen by her loved ones in flesh again, but her mother does believe that she surfaced in a Polaroid the following year in which she is shown tied up. The investigators have been baffled ever since. As she headed out the door, um, the... Headed out the door the morning of her disappearance, mysterious disappearance, Calco jokingly told her mother, uh, Patty Dole, that she, she'd better come find her if she didn't get home by noon. The young woman had a tennis date with her boyfriend at 12.30 p.m. and told her mother that she's determined to be back by then. When noon came and went, Calco's mother drove up and down her usual bike route to look for her, but to no avail. Her mother then contacted the police, but a subsequent search party yielded few clues. Uh, pieces of Calco's Walkman and cassette tape were found on a route, but police were convinced that these had been broken by Tara on purpose in order to lead police to her. Then, her missing persons case went cold for the uh, next nine months. Ooh, that's not good. Authorities began asking questions about Calco's parents, home life. They tried to find out if there are reasons for her mysterious disappearance, such as abuse. Police found nothing, but two distressed parents who loved their daughter dearly and wanted nothing more for her than, uh, to be found safely. There's just so much she wanted to fit in a, into a day, recalled her father, John. She's like a little machine. It was amazing. On June 15th, 1989, authorities found a Polaroid in a convenience store parking lot 1,500 miles away. Wow. Um, it showed a teenage girl starkly resembling Calco, a young boy both lying on sheets in a pillow tied up with duct tape over their mouths. Calco's mother felt certain that this was her daughter. The girl in the photo had the exact same scar on her thigh as Calco. While the FBI remained skeptical, experts at Scotland Yard in the UK agreed with her mother's assessment. Um, Calco's mysterious disappearance took yet another distressing turn when the Henley family came forward to the claim that the young boy in the photo was their son. Michael Henley's remains had been found in the Zunai Mountains in 1990. However, it's likely he died of hypothermia after wandering away from his family's campsite. Uh, Sheriff Reen Rivera of Valencia County suggested a rational explanation for the missing persons case in 2008. He said he had received information that Calco was killed in a car accident while riding her bike. After being hit, Rivera said that the teenage driver disposed of the body in fear. However, no arrests followed this claim. Uh, Calco's parents moved to Florida in a desperate attempt to start anew. Calco has never been found. And so um, her name was uh, Tara Leigh Calco. Uh, no known uh, nicknames, location, uh, Berlin, New Mexico, um, date, uh, September 20th, 1988. Uh, she was a student. She was born in 1969. Um, she was about 5'7", 120 pounds, single. Um, 
Here's the here's the Polaroid, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It's interesting. Um, Caucasian female, brown hair with a cowlick, green eyes, large scar on the back of her right shoulder, a birthmark on the back of one of her legs, and a large scar on her calf. So the details are: 19-year-old Tara Calco was a sophomore at the University of Mexico at 9:30 a.m. Um, September 20th, 1988, she left her home um, in New Mexico on her regular 34-mile bike ride. She rode her neon pink huff, Huffy bike with the yellow control cables and the sidewall on her usual um, route along Highway 47. She's last seen along the route at around 11.30 a.m. A suspicious pickup truck was closely following her. She and her bike have never been found. Tara was not home at 12. Her mother, Pat, and stepfather, John, went out to search for her the next day. A full-scale search began. Pat found Tara's Sony Walkman about 100 yards off of the Highway 47. Footprints on the ground led to what might have been uh, the site of a scuffle where the Walkman was found. Bike tracks, possibly from her bike, were found nearby, along with the vehicle's tire tracks and an oil slick. Although there were several reported sightings of her in the southern United States in 19. 88 to 1989, none of them can be confirmed and her case remains unsolved. On June 15th, 1989, uh, uh, Tara's case took a bizarre turn. A woman in Port St. Joe, Florida, 1,200 miles from Berlin, made a routine trip to her neighborhood convenience store. As she left her car to go inside, she noticed a white van in the parking space. When she walked out of the store, she saw a Polaroid picture lying face down where the van had been parked. It showed a teenage girl and a young boy. Apparently bound with their hands behind their backs, their mouths were sealed with black tape. It appeared to be have taken inside a white van. The woman thought the photograph or took the photograph to the police. National media ran hundreds of stories about the grim photo. Tara's parents, one of the uh, saw one of the stories and got in touch with Florida police. They recognized her as a girl in the photo. The parents of Michael Henley recognized him as a boy in the photo. He had vanished while on a camping trip with his father father in Zunai Mountain in 1988. Factory analysis determined that the photo was recently taken. The FBI has not been able to determine if the children in the photo are Tara and Michael. However, a forensic artist compared pictures of missing teens to the photo and is 85% sure uh, that they were the ones depicted. Suspects. There are no known suspects, but witnesses report seeing a dirty white or light gray colored uh, 1954 pickup truck with a white handmade camper shell following her. Authorities are also looking for a white cargo van that was parked at the Junior Food Store in Portland, St. Joe's, Florida on June 15, 1989, and it had no windows and a side door out at the side. So a few extra notes. Uh, the case first aired on the September 20th, 1989 episode, the one-year anniversary of Tara's disappearance. It was re-aired January 24th, 1999, followed by a missing child roll call roll call which included leticia hernandez uh jessica gutierrez david bohr and mika logan makila logan sorry Makayla? um m l m a l a k i a whatever yeah uh is also profiled on america's most wanted uh 48 hours and the missing the photo was featured on a current affairs on july 28th 1989 is exclusive it was also ex or it was excluded from the amazon prime episodes so the results of it it's unresolved it's no longer believed that the boy in the photo is michael his remains were found in 1990 a few miles from the campsite where he was last seen 
Authorities believe he was not the victim of a kidnapping or foul play, but instead died from prolonged exposure to the wilderness after getting lost in the forest on the camping trip. His disappearance is no longer connected to Terrace. Um, Calco's moved to Florida in 2003. Sadly, Pat died in 2006. Tara's biological father died in 2002. However, her uh, stepfather, John Dole, is still alive and hopes she will be found. Two other photos believed to be of her have surfaced in recent years, or in the years since, uh, her, since her disappearance. However, the last one showing a woman with bandages over her face on an Amtrak train with the man sitting next to her is believed to be a prank. In September 2008, investigators announced that they no longer believe Tara was a girl in the photo. Instead, they have learned from witnesses that she was most likely killed on the day of her disappearance by men she knew from her high school. In 2013, a man named Henry Brown made a deathbed confession to police. He said that shortly after her disappearance, he had been on the basement, in the basement of a man named uh, Lawrence Romero Jr. While there, he noticed what appeared to be a young woman's body wrapped in a blue tarp, buried in a makeshift grave. Romero, a man named uh, David uh, Sylvia, and another man with the red hair told t uh, Henry that the boy, uh, that the body was Tara's. They said that the, on the day of the disappearance, they, along with the man named Leroy Chavez, were in a truck when they noticed her riding her bike. When they tried to get her attention, they accidentally struck her with their truck and abducted her. That's weird. Hello there, Tara. Bam, hits him with the car. That, well, that's brutal. I know. Um, that's not very nice. I know, right? Just so mean. While trying to get her attention, they accidentally struck her uh, and abducted her. They took her to a grave pit and did things to her. The R word. Yeah. That word. Yeah, remember this is right. PG-13 at the worst. Yeah, they, they did things to yeah. her. Not good things. Right. Let's move when, on. When Tara threatened to go to the police... Romero stabbed her to death, while Sylvia Ch Chavez and the third man held her down. They originally hid her body in a nearby bush. However, as searches began for her body, they moved her body to the basement. Henry told investigators that they threatened to kill him if he went to the police. He also said that they got away with the crime because Romero's father, Lawrence Romero Sr., was a sheriff at the time. He and the parents of the other two men also allegedly helped cover up the crime. He apparently found a note written by Romero Jr. confessing to Tara uh, Tara's murder and destroyed it. Henry also told investigators that he believed the men later placed Tara's body in a pond near one of their houses. He also said that her bike had been disposed of at a junkyard. Another man also came forward and told police that one of the suspects had confessed to him as well. Romero Jr. Um, later committed uh, the S-word in 1991. Um, despite the testimony of the witness, since test, uh, Tara's body has never been found, no charges have been filed against the other suspects. In 2007, or 2017, a friend of Tara, Melinda Escalobel, created a podcast and started her own investigation in this case, along with Tara's sister, Michelle. They are currently working on a documentary about it. In October 2019, the FBI offered a $20,000 reward for information leading to the solution of Tara's case. And so with that, I would go to the FBI most wanted list. Um, it's on the most wanted list for some reason. Um, do, do they have any possible suspects? I could look into that. No. Um, so the FBI, the reward is $20,000 for precise details leading to the identification or location of Tara Le Calco. Information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for her disappearance. And then here's the FBI's remarks. Calco was last seen riding a neon pink Huffy 
mountain bike with the yellow control cables and sidewalls. She's wearing a white t-shirt, First National Bank of Berlin on it, size medium, white shorts with green stripes, white ankle socks, white and turquoise um, Alivas tennis shoes, or Alvas tennis shoes. Kauko is also wearing a gold butterfly ring with a diamond insert, a gold amethyst ring, and a half-inch gold hoop earrings. Details. Tara Lee Le Kauko left her home on Brook Street in uh, Berlin, um, New Mexico, on a bike ride at 9.30 a.m. on September 20th, 1988. She rode her mother's bicycle as her own was damaged. She was seen last seen riding along Highway 47 in Valencia County at approximately 11.45. Kauko's biked this route daily during her routine 36-mile ride. Wow, she's really active. Um, she was 19 years old at the time of her disappearance. It was never seen from again. Um, yeah, they don't have any, like, uh, suspects or anything like that. They do have an aged photo, um, where the age progressed in 2018, uh, to age 49. So they do have, like, what she would look like now, which is interesting. Yeah, that, that's where it has, like, the side part, right? And it's, like, brownish gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But... Yeah, that's about all I had on her, and it's pretty, it's interesting. So, they do possibly have an idea of, like, what happened to her because of that guy's testimony, but they, they've never found the body, and and the FBI apparently didn't believe that tip, I guess, at deathbed confession. And they said that they put her body in, like, a little pond, but they never found her body there yet, so. So I just have some small stuff to add. Yeah. Did you talk about the photos that were sent, like another, that were sent to the Port St. Joe police chief, David Barnes? The Polaroids? Yeah. Yeah. From 2009? No, not from 2009. Okay. So this is some other photos that are related to this case. In 2009, 20 years after the Polaroid photo was found and shared by the media, pictures of a boy were sent to a Port St. Joe police chief, David Barnes. He received two letters postmarked June 10th and August 10th, 2009 from Albuquerque, New Mexico. One letter contained a photo printed on copy paper of a young boy with sandy brown hair. Someone had drawn a black band and in ink on the photo over the mouth as if it were covered in tape in the 1989 photo. The second letter contained an original image of him. On August 12th, the Star newspaper in Port St. Joe received a third letter, also port postmarked in Albuquerque on August 10th and depicting the same image of a boy with a black marker drawn over his mouth. The boy has not been confirmed to be the same one as in the previous photo. None of the letters contain a return address or a note indicating the kid's identity, making the officials there believe it may have something to do with the disappearance of Tara Calico. The letters were sent at the same time that a self-proclaimed psychic had called about Calico, saying that she had met a runaway in California with whom she worked in a adult venue club. Uh, this girl was eventually also murdered. Uh, the caller said she had dreams suggesting the runaway may have been Calico and that she may be buried in California, which that's a pretty dang big uh, area. search area, which, uh, yeah. 
I don't, hard to find something. I don't really believe psychics, but whatever. Um, yeah. Searches did not lead to any discoveries. The photos were given to the FBI for further investigation in hope of finding fingerprints or possible DNA evidence. Two other Polaroid photographs, possibly of Calico, have surfaced over the years. First was found near a construction site in Montecito, California. It is a blurry photo of a girl's face with tape covering her mouth and light blue striped fat brick behind her. Some quote similar to that on the pillow in the Toyota van photo that Jared had already talked about. Yep. It was taken on film, you know, that was found 1,500 miles. Where, so where was she originally from? New Mexico. New Mexico. Yep. Okay. And it was found in Florida. Right. The white van with the Polaroid. So searches did not lead to any discoveries. The fo- uh, da, 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 da. Uh, sorry. Um, the second shows a, quote, a woman loosely bound in gauze, her eyes covered with more gauze and large black framed glasses, with a male passenger besides her on an Amtrak train. The film used was not available until February 1990. Calico's mother believed the first one was Tara, but thought the second may have been a gag. Uh, her sister stated, quote, they had a strikingly uncalming resemblance. As for her, she will not rule them out, but keep in mind that her family has had to identify many other photographs, and all those but three were rolled out. Hmm. Um, okay, so some other developments that they mentioned. In 2008, Rene Rivera, sorry, yeah, the sheriff of Valencia County, reported that he received information that two teenager, teenagers had accidentally hit Calico with a truck, panicked, and subsequently uh, killed her. According to Rivera, the boys who knew Calico drove up, up behind her in a truck, and some form of an accident followed. Calico later died, and those responsible were covered up the crime. Vera stated that he knew the names of those involved, but that without a body, could not make a case. He did not release the evidence that led him to the conclusion. Calico's stepfather, John Dole, has said that the sheriff should not have made these comments if he was not willing to arrest anyone, and that strong circumstantial evidence should be enough for a conviction. In October 2013, a six-person task force was established to investigate Calico's disappearance. As of 2017, still no arrests have been made, and the case remains open. So it's a cold case. Yep, pretty much. Cold FBI case. On October 1st, 2019, the FBI announced that they are offering the reward of $20,000 for precise details leading to the identification or location of Tara Lay Calco and information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for her disappearance. In September 2021, the Valencia County Sheriff's Office and the New Mexico State Police issued a statement that they have a new lead in the case and that the focus of a sealed warrant for an unknown private residence located within Valencia County has been issued. However, no further details were provided. Yeah, it's still so, pretty So that's recent. good. Yeah, pretty recent that's discoveries, good. yeah. Because that's only, what, two months? Yeah, two months ago. Ish, because it's late November now. yeah. But the thing is that she's been missing since uh, right. 19... I mean, I hope they find out what happened. Yeah, exactly, um, and bring those who were you know, responsible to if justice. somebody happening to listen to this, um, 
knows anything about it. Uh, $20,000 awaits you in the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Split the fun phone conversation with the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. <laughs> oh god. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I want to end on. Um, I hope they find out what happened. I hope she's fine. It doesn't sound like she is, but I, I, I still hope she's alive or that she, she gets justice. Yeah, she gets justice. Um, is there anything you want to add? No, kind of a kind of a quicker one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which but, is which is fine. Yeah, that's the point of these is to yeah. be like quick and just talk about them. You know, twenty to thirty. I mean, minutes. there's so much on DB Cooper. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've heard of him before, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, who? Who has? I almost want to say who hasn't, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't know. Um, so, anyways, uh, thanks to Jared for um, leading on this one. Um, this has been your host Luke and my. Co-host Gerard Carmichael V uh, <laughs> signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend and um, talk to you guys later. Uh, keep yourself safe. Peace. Bye.